and Stern had begun to play Billy Onefoot again, a game in which he pretended his leg was a diabolical criminal. I'll get that old Billy Onefoot this time, his son Donald would say, flinging his sucking blanket to the wind and attacking Stern's heavy leg, and Stern, whose leg for months had remained immobile, would lift and twirl it about once again, saying, Oh, no, you don't. No one can ever hope to defeat the powerful Billy Onefoot. It was as though a great eraser had swept across Stern's mind, and he was ready to start fresh again, enjoying finally this strange house so far from the safety of his city. After leaving the homecoming train on one of these new nights, Stern, a tall, round-shouldered man with pale, spreading hips, flew happily across the estate, the dogs howling him on, reached his house, and kissing his fragrant, long-nosed wife deep in her neck, pulled off a panty thread that had been hanging from her shorts. He asked her if anything was new, and she said she had taken their son Donald about a mile down the road to see the new boy she'd heard about. When the children ran together, the boy's father had stopped cutting his lawn, pushed her down, and picked up his child, saying, No playing here for kikes. What do you mean he pushed you down? Stern asked. He sort of pushed me. I can't remember. He shoved me, and I fell in the gutter. Did he actually shove you? asked Stern. I don't know. I don't remember. But he saw me. What do you mean he saw you? I was wearing a skirt. I wasn't wearing anything underneath. And he saw you? I think he probably did, Stern's wife said. How long were you down there? Just a minute. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. What difference does it make? I didn't know you went around not wearing anything. You did that at college, but I thought you stopped doing that. Stern knew who the man was without asking more about him and was not surprised at what he had said. The first Saturday after they moved in, Stern had driven around the sparsely populated neighborhood, smiling out the window at people and getting a few nods in return. He had then come to this man, who was standing in the middle of the road. The man had taken a long time getting out of the way, and when Stern had smiled at him, he had tilted his head incredulously, put his hands on his hips, and with his shirt flopping madly in the wind, looked wetly in at Stern. Stern had held the smile on his own face as he drove by, letting it get smaller and smaller, and sitting very stiffly, as though he expected something to hit him on the back of the head. On one other occasion, Stern had driven by to check the man, and had seen him standing on his lawn in a t-shirt, arms heavy and molded inside flapping sleeves, his head tilted once again. And then Stern had stopped driving past the man's house, and through everything that happened afterward, had blacked the man out of his mind. Yet he had waited nonetheless for the day his wife would say this to him. There was half an hour of daylight remaining. Stern's son flew to the top of a living room bookcase. Get me down from this blazing fire! Stern climbed after him, throwing imaginary pails of water on the boy and then swept him down to administer artificial respiration. They saw Popeye together on television, Stern's wife bringing them hamburgers while they watched the set. When he had eaten, Stern said he was going to see the man, and his wife, for some reason, said, Be right back. He did not take the car, wanting the walk so he could perhaps stop breathing hard. 
On the way over, he kept poking his fingers into his great belly, doing it harder and harder, making blotches in his white skin to see if he could take body punches without losing his wind. He hit himself as hard as he could that way, but decided that no matter how hard you did it to yourself, it wasn't the same as someone else. As he hit himself, a small temple of sweetness formed in his middle. He tried to press it aside as though he could shove it along down to his legs where it would be out of the way, but it would not move. The man's house was small and immaculately landscaped, but with a type of shrub Stern felt was much too commercial. It might have been considered beautiful at one time. A child's fire wagon stood outside. Stern walked past the house, near to the curb, and then walked on by it, stopping fifty yards or so away in a small wooded glade and ducking down to do some push-ups. He got up to nine, cheated another two, and when he arose... The sweetness was still there.